Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. You're listening to a brand new message. So whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax. Here it is. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, Church Online. So glad you could listen to this message. You are listening to an exclusive message that I'm preaching right here in St. Albert, across from Larry Olnick's Field, the site of our drive-in outdoor uh, church experience and uh, but we decided we're going to record an exclusive message online just for our church online audience if you couldn't make it out to our drive-in experience yesterday so hey love you so glad that you're here and uh, again we're in the great outdoors so i'm actually preaching from my iphone for the very first time in my life because it's so bright that i couldn't see my ipad uh so I want to share a message with us this morning. So if you guys have a Bible at home, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 23. This is what it says. It says, I do all of this for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessing. Do you not know that in a race, all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. I want to call our message this morning, Playing to Win. Playing to Win. Uh, online, you can let me know uh, if you're, is there any sports fans out there, but uh, I'm a huge sports fan. Uh, I love all sports, uh, specifically hockey, but I think this principle I'm going to talk about can kind of apply to any sports. Uh, but I truly believe that when it comes to sports, whether you're athletic or not, whether you enjoy them or not, I think there's something inside of us that we want to win. I know we live in the participation uh, ribbon era, but I think that everyone would say, I want to win. And uh, the truth is, although everyone wants to win, I think that not all of us play the game to win. Now, that might sound weird because all of us would probably say, well, no, I play to win. A coach, a player would say we're here to win. But I actually think there are two ways in which you can play. Now, this principle, again, works for all sports, but I think it works best for hockey. Now, I would say the one way we play is we play to win. What does playing to win mean? It means attack. I go, 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 and I'm here to win. And again, most people would say, well, that's the only way to play. However, what I found is that a lot of times what happens, especially when games get close, especially when there's pressure, uh, instead of playing to win, a lot of times people will switch up and they'll just play not to lose. Now, this might cause some PTSD for Oilers fans, but like a few weeks ago, if you guys remember, the Oilers were winning 4-1. They were crushing it, playing really good, and I think for like three minutes, the pressure got to them, and so instead of playing to win, they started to play not to lose. And what happens when you play not to lose, you sit back. You're kind of not as aggressive. Uh, you're, you're timid. And so what happens is you lose. And the Oilers lost, so sorry. Now, if you don't like sports, don't worry. I'm not talking about sports all morning as much as I would like to. Uh, I just want to point out that I think in sports, there are two ways to play. You can either play to win or you can play not to lose. Now, I think this principle, although it's a sports principle, I think it applies to life as well. And I began to wonder how many of us truly play to win. Now, I was, I was in the shower a few weeks ago, and I know it's a weird place to start the story, but uh, 
God, I think, speaks in many ways, many places. And I was in the shower a few weeks ago, and I just, I was thinking about the drive-in service, the one that you guys are not currently at, but the one that we had. And, and I was thinking, should we do it? Because like, it's going to be extra resources, extra time, extra money. Like, what if no one shows up? And I kind of was worrying and thinking worst case scenario, and this was all in the shower. And then I just heard this voice say to me, Harrison, are you playing not to lose, or are you trying to play to win? And so in that moment, I was like, I'm playing to win. And so we decided to go forward with it. Now, where I wanna go this morning is I think the truth is, although all of us would say, I want to win, I'm playing to win. What happens in life when there's pressure, when there's outside uh, circumstances, situations, when, when there's like a global pandemic, for example, for a year and a half, it can be really easy to move from a posture of playing to win to playing not to lose. And so I just began to wonder how many of us in the last year or how many of us, maybe it's been many years, where we've had a posture in our lives where we're saying, I'm just trying not to lose. Now, I have this belief that like in sports, I think that God actually wants us to play to win, not just to sit back. But the truth is, the way that life goes sometimes is filled with circumstances, situations, excuses, pandemics, anything that can make us step back, anything that can make us timid, and anything can make us have this feeling like I should play not to lose. But I just believe that God wants us to play to win. And one of the reasons I believe that is because life is always moving forward. Life does not stand still. Life does not pause. And so what happens, we can sit back and we can wait and say, well, I'm going to start to play to win when life goes back to normal. But the truth is, whether we're in the game or not, life moves on. And I just have this belief, and I'm speaking metaphorically when I talk about the game, but I just have this belief that people need hope every single day. People need Jesus every single day. And what happens when we sit back and when we have this posture of I'm afraid to lose, what happens is life goes on and so many people need hope. And I began to wonder how many people have needed us, how many people have needed the church, but instead of playing to win, we've had a posture that says I'm just trying not to lose. How many of us are so afraid to lose? How many of us are so afraid to die that we forget how to live many times. And so this morning, I want to speak a message that I believe is going to encourage us and I want to challenge us as a church, as a people, to play to win. So if you're ready online, you can let me know. I want to get back into 1 Corinthians. It's the book we're reading this morning. This was written by a man named Paul to a church in a place called Corinth. The Bible is so simple. It's the first letter to the church in Corinth. Hence the name 1 Corinthians chapter 9 is where we're picking it up, and Paul is about to challenge his church to take seriously the call to follow Jesus. This is what he says, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he says, I do all of this for the sake of the gospel. Everything I do is for the good news of Jesus. Verse 24, he says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Everyone competes in the games, Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. So Paul here, he, he used this metaphor about running. And the essence of what he's trying to say, because he's contrasting what it means to follow Jesus with a race. And he's saying, so if you're running a race, he says, anyone that is worried, anyone that is trying to win a race will train. 
That's just, you, you, if you want to win, you'll train. And so he's using this as a metaphor for the Christian life. So what Paul is saying, essentially, I want us to understand this. He's saying how we run will always determine what we believe is important. How we run determines what we believe is important. I'll give you guys an example. For myself, I used to um, run just kind of for, for, for fun, for exercise. Now I, I don't run so much. Um, pray for me. But I used, I used to run, and I kind of really had no plans. I just wanted to stay in shape, and, and so I would run. Um, then one summer, I worked at the summer camp, and we had this thing, this 5K run. It was a 5K fun run. But I'm not here to have fun. I'm here to win. And so I was in this run, and my friend, I'll never forget, his name was Bryce, one of the most athletic guys I know. I'm thinking to myself, he's athletic, but I run. I'm going to beat him. Long story short, the race came, and he won. And so I figured, because I, I knew I was going back to camp next year, I wasn't going to let that happen again. And so what happened the next summer is I began to kind of train. I started to time myself as I ran. I started to do routes. I started to kind of eat a little bit better, all because I wanted to win the race. And so what happened when the 5K fun run came the next year, I beat him. Come on, somebody. Now, the point I'm trying to say is that when you have a goal in mind, it changes the way that you train. How you run determines what you believe is important. If winning is important, it will change the way that you train. So again, Paul is contrasting this to the Christian life. And what he's saying, he's saying, hey, listen, if Jesus is the most important thing, your life will reflect it. Or at least it should, because how you run deems what you view is important. And so what this means, I want to break this down. If If being a Christian is of importance in your life, it's not something that you just do when it's convenient. It's not something you just show up for on the weekends. He's saying, how I run determines what is important. So here's the question I want to ask us this morning. How are you running? How are you running? What does your life look like? What does your life reflect? Because this principle is true in running. It's true in spirituality, but it's true in every aspect of our lives. Work. If you deem your job important, if your job is valuable to you, it'll show up in how you treat it. If you clock in at 8 a.m. and you clock out at 5 p.m. and you never put another minute into it, you don't think about it, you don't care about it, the moment you're out of there, you're done, chances are work isn't that important to you because how you run determines what's important. It's the same thing as school. You can be registered, but if you never study and you just show up for the test, and you guys know those people, maybe you are that person, Chances are, school isn't that important to you. Why? Because how you run, come on, determines what you think is important. Relationally speaking, listen, ladies out there, if your guy, all he wants to do is play video games, he keeps blowing you off to hang out with the boys, there's always a game on TV, you can never get his attention. Guess what? Because sometimes it's like, you know what, if I can just lock him down, just get him into a long-term relationship, move in with me, get married, guess what? How he runs determines what he thinks is important. And if you're not in his picture, you're not that important. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm trying to help you out here because this this principle is far reaching. And so Paul is specifically talking about our spiritual life. If Jesus is important, what he's saying is that your life will reflect it. Can, Can I be honest? If you say, I love Jesus, I follow Jesus, your life will reflect it. But if you don't serve, if you don't love people, if you could care less about church, if you could care less about praying, reading the Bible, what Paul would say is you don't actually care that much. Why? Because how you 
you know it by now, run, determines what you think is important. If you only come to church when it's convenient, when I've done all my chores, all my housework, there's not a TV show, football game, when it's 45 down on the list of priorities, chances are it's not that important because how you run, you guys are getting it. So here's a question I want to ask us. Listen, I know I'm outside, but I'm here to challenge us this morning. How are you running? How are you running? Now, some of us say, well, Harrison, you know what? Like, when, when it comes to my walk with Jesus, like, yeah, it's not great, but, like, you understand that it, it's COVID. It's, it's the COVID season, so I can't, like, I've been just laying low. But the truth is, and many of us knew this, you weren't running good before COVID. COVID just gave you a great excuse <laughs> to, to, to lay low even further. You see, the truth is, whatever we determine is important, our lives should reflect it. Now, what can happen, and we'll say, oh, sure, it's, it's a legitimate excuse, right? COVID, it's harder to see people, it's harder to love people, it's harder to do things. But at the end of the day, the message I'm trying to preach this morning is I want to get us to start playing to win, not just to, lo- not, just to not lose. And so the truth is this, for so many of us, playing to win And the reason we don't play to win is because we don't feel like we can do it. I don't feel like it's it's my schedule. It'd be a stretch for me. So for a lot of us, we have these excuses. It's like, well, you know what? Once work is a little slower, then I'll serve people. Once like my kids are a little bit older, once they're done preschool, okay, once they're done kindergarten, okay, once they're done junior high, high school, once they're, and it's just, it's on (laughs) and on. We, We all have something. But the truth is we will always juggle for what we deem is important. And so why I'm saying all these things because this morning I want to mobilize us. Because I believe that God is calling us to play to win the game. God is calling us to push forward. Why? Because every single day there are people struggling. Struggling with depression. Struggling with anxiety. Struggling with hopelessness. And I believe that hope is found in a person. His name is Jesus. And so the world that is bent on disaster needs a church that's ready to proclaim the message, that's ready to play to win. And I want you to understand this. In order to do that, we need to start taking some risks. We can't sit back and wait for the right moment. We can't sit and wait for the world to look how we want it to look. We got to play to win the game today. There was a study um, and it was a study of 50 people over the age of 95 that were alive over the age of 95. And they asked them, what are the main things, main things that you would wish you would have done in your earlier age? And the number one thing, this was so interesting, the number one thing that they said was that I wish that we would have taken more risks. That was the number one regret, 50 people over the age of 95. That was the consensus. I wish we took more risks. Now, I have news for us this morning because I don't think any of us that follow Jesus have to have that regret because I just happen to believe that following Jesus is the riskiest thing you can ever do. It's the riskiest thing you can ever do. You want to know why? I'll tell you why right now. The safest thing that you can do is to always look out for yourself. It's the safest thing. I need to think about my security, my safety, my plans, my future. Guess what? To follow Jesus is the opposite. Because instead of self-preservation, I live my life with the interest 
of others in mind. And that is inherently risky. But the truth is, when I follow Jesus, that's what he calls me to do because he calls us to play to win. I hope you guys are following online. It's actually risky to play to win. It's risky to follow Jesus. I'll give you guys just a couple of examples. Number one, people even in our church, we got people that love to serve and service becomes hard, especially like it's been a pandemic for a year. But there's someone on our team. She says, my heart is for people. My heart is to serve people, regardless of sickness, regardless of disease. And so she went downtown with a group of people. She mobilized people and they went and they fed the homeless in the midst of the pandemic. Now, that's risky because you could get sick. But she said, I need to feed people. It's risky because she literally got a ticket from the police for, for gathering. But what happened, she knew all of the risks, but she, what she said is these people need hope. These people need practical needs met. And so she did it. And the reason I'm saying this is because throughout the history of Christianity, this is what it looks like to follow Jesus. This is what it looks like to win, to play to win. Christianity, I hope you guys understand this, has always thrived in the hardest of circumstances, in sickness, in disease. Christianity thrives. Why? Because we don't look out for our own interests first. We look out for the interests of others. If you guys know anything about church history, the church in the first and second century actually exploded because what they did was with with epidemics in Rome and in the ancient world is when everyone was leaving the cities because of these diseases, Christians went in and they offered care, support. In many cases, they risked and gave up their own lives to love people, but they were able to spread the message of Jesus. That's risky. But that's what it means to follow Jesus. It means I go all in. I'm not playing not to lose. I'm playing to win. So I'm trying to encourage us this morning. Let's start playing to win. And there's going to be risks. When you follow Jesus, it's risky to put your finances in his hands. It's risky to say, I'm going to actually give a percentage of my money to God. That's risky. It's risky to say, hey, 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 work, job, whatever it is, I need a day off so I can go and serve at church. That's risky. But what I said is what we deem important, it'll be reflected in how we run. So again, how are you running? Are you playing not to lose or are you playing to win? Look what Paul says, continuing 1 Corinthians 9.25. He says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So, so, so I need us to understand what he's saying. He's saying, the truth is this, we will always sacrifice for the things that we think are important. That's just a truth. We know this to be true. Our problem isn't sacrifice, it's what are we sacrificing for? And so the issue though is for many of us, we will sacrifice the most for things that matter the least. And what Paul is saying is the things on earth that so many of us will make sacrifices for. I'll make sacrifices for money. I'll lay my family down in the name of money. I'll make some compromises for relationships. You know, they're bad. Paul says oftentimes the things that matter the least, we sacrifice the most for. Instead, when it comes to Jesus, he says the thing that will last forever, 
He says that's where we should put in our time, our focus, our, our energy. So here's the point I want us to make. The second thing I want us to understand is we need to invest in eternity. Too many of us only think about the here and now. How is my life going to affect me today? What can I do today for myself? But what Paul is urging us, and what I want to urge us to understand what playing to win looks like, is worrying not just about today, but for the future, and even more so for eternity. Go, can I go back to that study for a second of 50 people over 95? One thing they said again was risk more. Another thing they said is that they wish they would do more things that lived on after they were gone. You see, that's about legacy. What do you want your legacy to be? It's easy to think about here and now. When we look at our money, so many of us only think about it here and now. That's why we buy a new boat, a new quad, a new car, a new house, so on and so forth. But what if we could begin, and I want you to understand, if you have stuff and you can afford stuff, there's nothing wrong with stuff. But what I want to ask is what if we could shift our focus a little bit and to say, you know what, I don't want to just think about here and now. I want to think about eternity. That's what playing to win looks like. Too many of us, can we be honest when it comes to our schedule? Loving people, serving people, it's the last thing on our list. What if we could make it a little bit higher? What if we could make it a priority? What if we could invest in eternity? Can I ask us a pointed question? What are you doing now that's going to live on once you're gone? And if we don't have an answer to that question, it's supposed to cause us to think. Because Paul says too many of us think about things that will fade away. I love how Jesus puts it. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, he says, Do not store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Invest in things that will not be gone here today, gone tomorrow. Invest in eternity. I'll tell you this, your car, your house, your Instagram followers, all of those things are temporary. But so many of us put the majority of our time, resources, energy into those things. Paul says invest into eternity. What's eternity? It's people. It's loving people. It's serving people. It's investing in people. And the truth is, with that comes sacrifice. It takes sacrifice to say, you know what, I want to watch Netflix, but I know there's someone that I can call tonight, that I can see tonight, that I can invite over. I know I want me time, but I'm going to invest in other people because I believe that it's going to live on longer than me. Jesus says, store up treasures in eternal things, not, not temporary things. So, so Paul says, Corinthians 9, 26, he says, Therefore, I don't run like someone running aimlessly, I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. So, so here's the last thing. Paul says, if I know what I'm trying to do, when I'm trying to invest in eternity, when I'm trying to make a difference, not just for today, but for tomorrow, that gives me purpose. And so my last point is this. Purpose gives me focus. When I have focus, I don't run aimlessly. Paul says, I don't just punch the air. I have a plan. My life has a plan. My life has a purpose. Everything I do, my time, my talent, my treasure is focused. Not just for today, but for eternity. 
So I want to encourage us with this. As a church, Kingdom Church, we are for the one. That's our mission. We're here to listen to where God calls us this year. And so I want to encourage you. Let's have focus. Let's begin to invest in eternity. Why? Because right now there are so many people searching for hope, searching for purpose. And I believe as a church, God has called us to help those people. So I want to encourage you today, listen, focus, focus, focus. One thing you can do, how about you connect with the vision of our church? How about you make the vision of our church your vision? That we exist to see people come into relationship with Jesus. What if we said, I want my life to reflect that. I want my life to be an invitation for other people. Listen, identity found in Jesus. Hope found in Jesus. If we know that, if we have that answer, why don't we begin to share it? Second, can I I encourage you? Finances. Jesus says where your treasures are, your heart is also. So for a lot of us, the thing that holds us back, we don't even know it, is our our finances. So what if, I want to encourage you this, what if we said, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to begin to give to you first before I give to all these other things. Before I think about self-preservation, I want to think about self-sacrifice. So I want to encourage you, if you've never given before, what if you began to give? What if you picked a percentage every single month? The Bible gives a great suggestion, but you can, you can start wherever you want. I start at 1%, 2%, 3%, work your way up. And say, I want to invest this every single month to eternity. Last thing, I want to encourage us, let's play to win. We don't have time to, to play not to lose. We don't have time to, 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 to step back into it. Let's play to win today. Let's love people today. Let's serve today. Let's invest in eternity today. And so listen, if you're saying, Harrison, what do I do? How do I do that? I need someone to talk to. I'm online. I feel far. I feel distant. Hey, guess what? Right now, there's a link in the chat. It says kingdomchurch.ca slash connect. I want to encourage you, click on that and connect with us. Click on that and connect with us. We'll walk with you on your journey. Guess what? Even if you're online, you can still serve. You can still love people. Even online, you can give. When you give, it helps us to put on programs like the one we had yesterday. It helps us put on all of this amazing stuff we do online. Let's connect today and let's play to win. Because I think that's what God's called us to in this season. Why don't you pray with me? Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for who you are, God. I pray today that we can play to win. Thank you so much, Jesus, for who you are. We pray in your name. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. We hope that message encouraged and inspired you. If you want more information, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. We'd love to connect with you. Until next time, take care.